I have come here to Krakowie, and I'm all out of bubble. Really licked his ass. Are you watching closely? Welcome to Midnight Showing. I'm Nash, that's Luke, and this week the movie we watched at midnight was John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Was it worth it? That's what we're here to tell you, and don't worry, we will notify you before we start spoiling. Luke. In an alternate version of America in the year 1997, Air Force, <laughs> Air Force One crashes into Manhattan, which has been manufactured into a giant maximum security prison. With the U.S. president's life on the line, the country is forced to send in Snake Pliskin, the man everyone thought was dead, to save the president's life before the prison takes him prisoner for <laughs> That was beautifully worded. Um, so this trailer, one of, if not the most cliche action movie trailers ever created, but in this one instance, <laughs> it is absolutely perfect for the movie. <laughs> this one does not upset me in any way it is flawless it is perfect <laughs> <laughs> well nash who wrote escape from new york none other than our boy john carpenter returning to us last john carpenter movie we did was they live which was you know honestly a little similar to this movie maybe we can get into it um, he wrote this movie and also directed it. I wanted to mention that uh, he wrote the original script while in college, thinking of Clint Eastwood. And uh, when it came time to bring the movie to life, uh, they wanted to add some more humor to it to make it more marketable and appealing. So they brought in Nick Castle to add in some of those um, elements. So like anything funny and goofy happening in the movie probably had to do with those rewrites. Yeah, and uh, John Carpenter is probably one of our favorite directors here at Midnight Showing. Um, we also did, I think, The Thing. He's got a pretty long filmography. Um, if you don't know him still, I'm ashamed. But he also, uh, probably The Fog is probably one of his other huge movies that he's ha known for. Ha Halloween, dude. Ha Halloween, for sure. I don't know if he directed Halloween. I know he wrote Halloween. No, he, he directed Halloween. He was the director, too? Yeah. Because, yeah, he wrote and directed, like, all of them. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so who was in this movie other than Clint Eastwood not being in the movie? Um, Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. Woo! That's it. That was it? That's the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But Snake Plissken takes up enough space to fill this whole movie. You better believe that. So we got Kurt Russell playing Snake Plissken. Love Kurt Russell on this show. One of my favorite actors. Then we got uh, Lee Van Cleef playing Hawk, the police chief. We got Ernest Borgine playing Cabby. We got the legendary Donald Pleasance playing the president. We got Isaac Hayes playing the Duke. We got Harry Dean Statton playing Brain. And we got Adriana Barbio playing Maggie. Um, and every character compliments yeah, each other in this movie, dude. We got a real nice cast. Yeah. Very diverse uh, characters. Very good characters. Um, the theme for this movie. Um, I don't think it's that in depth. Personally. Oh, really? 
I think it's Nick Pliskin versus everybody. That's that's what I think the theme is. You know, I'm totally going to back you up on that, dude. I think movies are just dope, and that's all you need to know about watching this one. <laughs> like, yeah, you're not, you're not looking for a lot here in this one. It's not very deep. But, Luke, thumbs up or down? It's going to be a the thumbs up. Question. Easy thumbs, thumbs up. up for me as well, friend. And uh, before we get into this, we have this. All right, so Luke, um, let's. You know what? We haven't. I didn't write this down, but we should do this pretty much every episode. We have been. Um, the title. <laughs> Escape um, from New York. Um, what does it mean in this one? What deep philosophical? What could it mean? <laughs> yeah, they're trying to get out of New York. So it's a prison. That's about it. Yeah. So moving right along. Typically, we try to stick with the theme. Might be a little bit harder for this one because it's pretty much just Snake Plissken, you know, fighting everybody. So where do you want to start us off? Um, you know, man, I really. It's it's kind of hard for this one, you know, dude, because we do tend to try to look for movies that we can have kind of more uh, like conversations um, around like themes and motifs, uh, like you said. But I mean, this movie is really just like a fun ride. And I feel like anything that is a uh, motivation is just to like make the story move along. And it's not really trying to make us question anything other than like just watching a fun movie, you know, like uh, it's the same feeling as watching Die Hard, you know, like, are you going to sit there and talk about John McClane's character arc? Or are you going to be like, yo, Snake Plissken, I have full faith in that man to save the president. Yeah, no, that's a pretty big thing too for movies because that that defines if it's good or bad if you're questioning that storyline. You know, if if the movie, if you're watching a movie and you're thinking about something outside of the movie, it's probably not that good of a movie or you've got a lot on your plate and you should probably, you know, get some help. Yeah, that's facts. <laughs> so I mean, dude, to quickly build off that, I'd say this movie is uh phenomenally made with a phenomenal tone that is consistent throughout the entire thing so in terms of filmmaking and what this movie's going for i think it really knocks it out of the park and honestly probably influenced action movies for the next 30 years like am i right <laughs> yeah i i think you're right on that it is very honest to itself um the effects for the time are pretty freaking good um very impressive i mean what would you say the worst one is probably that uh probably that like glider oh yeah one glider scene where it's bad yeah but i mean what do you even want to like take points off for that and um yeah it's, it's also that whole the whole movie takes place at night which is um something that like really has to be taken into account for when you're considering like creating a movie like this and like the things they had to do to get all these shots to light up the streets of New York City and everything is pretty crazy. So because this movie is so grand in that backdrop, how about we start with New York City? Uh, the giant maximum security prison a la Arkham City possibly. I was expecting Batman to show up in there, dude. <laughs> Once again, you think a story idea is original and you're like, oh, they were just doing Escape from New York. Not, not, not <laughs> but anyway, dude, so like, how did you feel about uh, the backdrop of New York being in this uh, movie? Because I feel like the city itself is a little bit of a character. 
You know, I think that's a pretty good point, too, because it definitely does feel alive in its own way. It's not the New York City that most people are. They sort of are used to knowing maybe during the 80s, it might have been, but <laughs> that, <laughs> not what I'm getting at for here on this show. Um, I I think it is also really important with how much time they spend on because they don't spend a lot of time. Yeah. Like. It seems very rushed looking back on it, but while I was watching it, I really, you know, wasn't being too critical about it. I was like, oh, okay, this is the setting. All right, there's some exposition. And then the movie starts, you know, you're thrown into it, but everything you see about it is totally believable. Yeah, absolutely. With that, um, like the... the, I think what you said about the movie staying true to itself is really what, like makes it such an out-of-the-park hit for what it is because it takes, like, the grandness of New York City and, like, reduces it down to, like, this kind of post-apocalyptic world. Like, I almost felt like it was as if Mad Max took place in New York City. You know what I mean? So, like, what did you think about, like, all the zombie people and and whatnot? Like, all the people running like that. You know, to me, it's almost like New York City didn't really give off the feeling that it was a maximum security prison. Like, I, I am going to use, um, if, if you're not a gamer, you're not going to get these Arkham City references, but the mo- the video game Arkham City takes place in a situation just like this where it's a giant city that's turned into a prison, and you know that it's a prison there because of the way that the characters, like, act and the hierarchy of it. Other than the Duke in New York City, I felt like there wasn't that much division between, like, it being like what you thought a prison was, I thought it was more post-apocalyptic. Like, uh, do you got any comments on that? Like, do you like that it feels kind of almost like a Mad Max movie in a city? Did you want it to be a little bit more structured? Like, well, what, what do you think? No, I, I think it did a very, I like how they did it just because it seems like, I mean, what are the rules for it? It's like, you go in, you don't come out. Yeah. It really, it really is there to just show, Hey, this is a problem. Throw it all over here. Yeah, we're not, yeah, we're not actually fixing it. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're not trying to fix things. We're just putting the problem over there. Yeah, and it's, I guess, yeah, I guess that's like the way that it would naturally happen too if you just threw all these things like into this place. But I don't know, just with like with like the people like run funny and like almost acting like hordes of like zombies just attacking Snake Plissken, it, it really like made you feel that sense of anxiety and like he wasn't in a safe place at all. So like you want to kind of yeah. you want to get going on Snake Plissken himself, the legendary, the legendary yeah. one-eyed man. I do think it is. You know, very I thought he was to- dead. that's probably one of the greatest things ever is that line getting brought up like 10 times in the movie (laughs) but i think it's very important to mention how we're only seeing one night you know it's technically 24 hours but we never it's never day it's we're just there for the night you know, so it kind of makes sense to brush those things over quickly. It's sort of like you can't give a full definition of really anybody in this movie because it's so quick. It feels quick. Everything that goes on is pretty fast paced. Those funny moments are probably the slowest moments in the whole movie. And Snake himself, that line where literally everybody knows who he is. Why? I don't know. No idea. Everyone <laughs> no, knows Snake Plissken, though. Everybody knows Snake. And we hardly know anything about him at all. 
other than like he, he tried to rob like the Federal Reserve or something. Yeah, which you, you feel like you got to have a pretty concrete plan on how to uh, take down the Federal Reserve. I'm pretty sure I did it in a GTA mission one time, but he was, did not get as lucky as I did. He was, yeah, he was a special forces guy and he tried to rob the Federal Reserve, I think. But that's that's all we know. That's all we need to know, because his reputation goes so deep with knowing almost nothing about it. Yeah, dude. And he he he. Carussell be, becomes such an icon the second that Snake Plissken starts talking, and you're like, wait, he's just like this. This isn't like a bit. He's not just like talking to the president this way. He talks that way to literally everybody. <laughs> literally everybody. And I, it makes sense why uh, Carpenter envisioned um, Clint Eastwood for the role, just because. That's kind of like the man with no name. Like that's his whole character is you literally don't even know his name. But once you see him walk up, you're not messing with him. Yeah, exactly, dude. And I mean, those camo pants. I mean, come on, dude. Oh, like, man. A slim figure as he just runs down the streets of New York being chased by zombies. I mean, it's, it's just a, it's, it's a really awesome movie, dude. It's just a really awesome movie. And I feel like you don't have to be too invested in it to enjoy it, which really, like, really goes a long way. And I just feel like it's really defining of the action genre. Do you kind of want to like touch upon that? It's totally defining of the action genre. I mean, it's probably. Let's talk first about the eye patch. Um, how many people wear an eye patches in movie? That became like the signature action experienced guy. When Kurt Russell in this movie is pretty young, but he's got an eye patch. You know, how many times <laughs> have you seen an eye patch pop up? Just to show that, oh, this character, they know what they're about. You know, they, they, <laughs> they've, been they, they, they've, been, they've been around the block. My so man's much lost, lost a corny <laughs> Like, that became a defining trait instantly. Um, and those who actually do play video games, Snake Plitzkin, um, for anybody that's played Metal Gear Solid, I'm not sure how you wouldn't know this. Snake Plitzkin is what his uh, character is based off of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, so totally makes sense. And that's also interesting with this movie is how sneaky he is at times for an action character. You know what I mean? Because typically it's like you see an action movie and it's you've got one guy that can literally kill everybody. You're never you don't you know that Snake is going to succeed in the end. Right. He's got too many things going against him for him to not to succeed. But he doesn't have like that sense of invincibility. No, you know, yeah, not not at all. And, you, you know, dude, I think that sense of invincibility almost has to do with his lack of sleeves throughout the entire film, too. <laughs> Without a doubt. But I mean, realistically, you see him like get shot with the crossbow and he's injured for the rest of the movie. I also thought it was funny. Everybody had crossbows. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense why they don't put guns in there, but... <laughs> Everybody I mean, had very, everybody had very nice arrows. <laughs> a lot of time looking for rocks and sketching them out with like <laughs> make arrowheads and stuff, dude. So, um, I don't know, dude. What like what's what's really what makes this movie so perfect? Is it because of the way that it is able to? do itself so wholeheartedly? Like John Carpenter knew exactly what he wanted to make, and it seems like everyone had a fun time making this movie. 
Yeah, and honestly, I think it just comes back to that dedication where this movie did not give in to anything. Like, the concept, utterly ridiculous. Snake Plitzen as a character, two-dimensional and hilarious, if you really look at him. But watching the movie, it doesn't, like, you don't, it doesn't feel like that. Like, I think it's very funny for us right now in this position to have watched this movie, and usually we can be so critical of them and just utterly annihilate them. Whereas in this one, it's like, no, I know they were doing that. You know, I know, I don't think they were just going for a cash grab. I think they were trying to make the best movie that was this movie. They weren't trying to make the coolest movie ever. They were making this movie as best as they could, and they did it. You know, like this movie... <laughs> it's so hard to say. It's like I wouldn't give it an award, you know, but I'll sing praises about it because it's good. Yeah, it, it even with like, I don't know, dude, like we often like to talk about like characters and like what drives them and what motivates them. And like, even though Snake Plissken is really only driven by the fact that he needs to save the president so he doesn't die like that's kind of a hollow motivation for a character that we don't know too well that we already touched upon and like we don't need it it's so crazy that like if you go to like i don't know like story school sounds like a sick school to me if, if you go to, if you go to story <laughs> school you assume that the character has to like get to a certain point and evolve and like Snake Plissken like goes on a journey throughout this movie and at the end of it he really rejects um the things that were trying to control him and everything but like it's not it's not like there's several moments in the script where Snake Plissken has to battle his own like mentality or whatever you know what I mean so like yeah he knows he knows exactly what he's going to do and he doesn't change his character he doesn't change his character in in any way in Anyway, <laughs> his lines. Oh my god, his lines! Just get a new president. <laughs> it's just like, utterly hilarious lines that he's saying in this demeanor that is just uh, so nonchalant, so not caring. But when he's in the thick of it, we we can tell that he cares. It doesn't deter him, but we can definitely tell that there's care and concern and thought. But he's not that he's not a, a well-rounded character so much so we don't really know what he is or does. <laughs> but we don't have to, you know what I mean? We don't have to, hundred <sighs> percent. That eye patch. Let's talk about that silencer on that, like Uzi, dude. <laughs> The dude, scope and, and, on it. And he fights a giant like wrestler at the end with like the gnarliest <laughs> mutton chops I've ever seen in my life. Like, it's it's just such a fun movie, dude. Like, I I don't even like know like how to how to really like. You just gotta watch it. You just gotta watch it on a Friday night with some pizza. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not. It really is a movie you could throw on at any time with anybody around. It's funny enough. It's goofy enough. It it's damn well entertaining enough and it doesn't i don't think a dog dies in it so that's good yeah no no i don't think any the cabbie dies at the end 
which was very and sad. I, will, I would like all of them died at the end, actually. Yeah, I will say I thought that was hilarious watching them die just because it was like, ah, this character's out. Ah, this character's out. Uh, <laughs> they, they all make it so far. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody dies. Because Snake doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, that was, yeah, even the part where they're in the like comic book store or whatever and um, he meets that woman and you think that she might be like the love interest and yeah. he just abandons her and like runs yeah. away. Like, <laughs> doesn't care at all. It's so un- unapologetic, dude. He is 100% himself. And that, that's the thing is he's 100% himself without a story as to why. Which does seem reminiscent of Clint Eastwood. I mean, the first Mad Max movie, which we did a review for, that's what that whole movie is about, is how he became the one guy. You know? That's how the whole movie is about defining that character. And this movie, the first one, is just like, oh, oh, Snake, I thought he was dead. so funny to me and it's not it's really good it's just really good it is a good movie watch it with everybody anybody can watch it if you don't like this movie i can i get i get i guess why but here's the important thing to note about this movie it was released in 1981 um and now i'm gonna go in luke if you don't have anything else to say i mean man i've i mean this is uh, like really short but like it's just a fun movie that people should watch and like i don't I don't know, like, how to really get into, like, the nitty-gritty of it, almost. Yeah, I definitely don't think enough people have watched it, just, and I understand why. Um, I think a lot of people saw Escape from L.A., or a lot of people that grew up with this movie that saw Escape from L.A., which I have seen, and Escape from L.A. is atrocious compared to this. Um... So I think that put people off to bringing people into this movie, you know, the younger generation in, since definitely the younger generation should see this. But important to note, this movie was released in 1981. Um, Escape from New York, it it was a box office success on its original release. It had a budget of something like $6 million. It raked in $25 million, which, you know, isn't huge. But this movie did so well because of how hard it hit the genre. It's just about Snake Plitzkin that you don't know anything about him. It just sets him loose in New York City with a bunch of criminals. Um, It is probably one of the best examples of a movie knowing itself, because even on such a limited budget, it 100% feels dedicated to the universe that it's in. That universe, watching it, is believable. You try to compare it to our universe, it definitely isn't. But with it being so enthralling, you don't care about our universe. It's the epitome of the one man to get the job done. Um, But it doesn't leave you that sense of invincibility. He doesn't have that one versus a thousand mentality. He's just got his own mentality. The snake Plitzkin mind is all he cares about. His injuries last. He sneaks and he hides when he has to. He's an iconic character that you don't want to change. Is he deep? Hell no. Hell no, he's not. But he's the guy you need. We've all heard about, but you don't really know why. It's not surprising his character became the foreground for Snake and Metal Gear Solid with how iconic he is. This movie is embedded in culture for the right reasons because 
it is honestly sort of the creator of all those tropes and action movies. So it's hard to really say that it has them when it is the defining factor of them. In my opinion, it's probably one of the biggest cultural shifts, I think, in movie making to ever occur. This movie came before John McClane. This movie was before The Terminator. This movie was before Rambo. It was before Martin Riggs and Lethal Weapon. It was released the same year as Indiana Jones. So to see all the movies that came after this one and how so many of them rip off this sort of structure, I have to say it is definitely an important movie and people should definitely watch it just because it literally defines action movie genre. Luke? Uh, it's a phenomenal film, and I wish I had more thoughts to say about it. Um, in the moment, I, I, it took me a little bit to get engrossed by it, but once you realize the tone of the movie, who Snake Plissken is as a character, and just why it's a fun movie to watch, I think anyone can just sit down and get into it. Um, I think you and I need to like do more of these kind of fun movies instead of things like prisoners that just make us want to cry. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, yeah. And it's just so important to think about movies before this that were like action movies. You had James Bond, you had Clint Eastwood, you had the off and on suit like superhero movie. And that was sort of it outside of Kung Fu movies. Like that, this movie really was the one that said, yeah, this is this is a genre. So I want to thank you for joining us tonight. Message us at Midnight Showing Podcast on Instagram or email Midnight Showing with Luke and Nash at gmail.com. Stay in the loop for upcoming episodes and offer suggestions for the movies we watch and future content we can bring to you. Thank you to all those people on Instagram that are sending us stuff uh, to watch or, you know, telling us to review. We do enjoy that. So keep it up. Be sure to check us out at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Uh, next week's episode features The Devil's Own with Harrison Ford and Brad Pitt. And remember, your donations keep the blue lights on. President of what? <laughs>